Our topic today is the rapture. The rapture. Now, some of you sports fans in Toronto and maybe across Canada who are into basketball maybe think I said that our topic is the raptors. R-A-P-T-O-R-S, right? Well, for viewers outside of Canada and outside of Toronto in general, the Raptors are Toronto's professional basketball team. I'm sure they thought of asking me to play for them, but uh, I'm glad they didn't ask me because I would have had to turn them down. All right. Uh, they did win the championship, by the way, in 2019. All right. Now, this message, this message, however, is not about the Raptors. It's about the Raptors. Rapture, R-A-P-T-U-R-E, rapture, a subject that is far, far, far more important than basketball or any sports activity, all right? So please turn in your Bibles now to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, beginning at verse 13 through to chapter 5, verse 2. Would you stand, please, for the reading of God's Word, if you're able to, that is. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13 says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died. Pause right there. For the believers who have died. I am reading from the New Living Translation. If perhaps you're using the King James Version or some other versions, translations, uh, the King James Version, for example, says, But I would not have you to be ignorant brethren concerning them which are asleep. Which are asleep. In the first century, people often used the word sleep for, for death. Uh, maybe it was, uh, it was kind of softening the blow of death, perhaps. And so they often said sleep. The Greek, the literal Greek word says sleep, but they meant death, okay? So, going back to the New Living Translation, and now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died, so you will not grieve like people who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. We tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with a voice of the archangel, and with a trumpet call of God. First, the believers who have died will rise from their graves, then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up, will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. So encourage each other with these words. Going into chapter 5. Now concerning how and when all this will happen, dear brothers and sisters, we don't really need to write you. For you know quite well that the day of the Lord's return will come unexpectedly like a thief in the night. Would you pray with me, please? 
Heavenly Father, dear God, Lord, as we turn to your holy word about the rapture, oh God, I pray, I pray that you would touch each listening ear, each heart, oh Lord. Help us, help us to grasp the truth. Help us, Lord, to be moved by this tremendous truth of the rapture. Oh God, I pray that by your Holy Spirit, you would draw, you would draw those who are listening online, those who are in the sanctuary, you would draw those who have not yet come to faith and trust in Jesus to put their, their lives in the hands of the Lord and to say, yes, Lord, I give you myself, I give you my heart, I give you all that I am. So Lord, touch and bless this message and the truth of your holy word. Through Christ we pray. Amen. Amen. Feel free to be seated. Beloved, thank you. Feel free to be seated. My dear friends, please think with me now. Think with me upon this first truth. All right? Now, I want to encourage you to take notes because I might give you a little test afterwards. All right? First truth is, what does the word rapture mean and where do we get it from? We get it right out of the passage that we just read, but I want to give you some more specifics, okay? The word rapture comes from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, which says, Then together with them, them who are still alive and remain on the earth, will be caught up, will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So, to be raptured is to be caught up, as the Word of God says. Uh, this part of the Holy Bible was originally written in Greek. Now, the Greek verb, the Greek verb which is translated caught up is Harpazo. Uh, in English, we would say it's spelled H A R P, as in Peter, A Z O. So the Greek word is harpazo, harpazo. And uh, Dr. Arnold Earhart, who, uh, who was a great Church of the Nazarene Bible scholar, praise God, he writes this. He says of harpazo that it means to seize to seize, to claim for oneself eagerly. One day Jesus is going to claim for himself eagerly, you and me and all who are believers. Amen? He goes on, Dr. Earhart says, it means to snatch out or snatch away, to seize and carry off speedily. Wow. To carry off speedily. Someday, Jesus is going to snatch out and speedily carry off Christians into heaven. That's what the word of God is saying. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Now, stick with me, stick with me, and you will better learn how we get that specific word rapture. Because sometimes people say, I don't see the word rapture in the Bible. Some people say, oh, if I turn to the concordance, I can't find the word rapture. Stick with me now. Here's how we get it. <clears throat> In the year 382, that's a little before all of you were born, okay? In 382, well, that's, that's about 1,600 years ago. 
In that year, the Pope, Pope Damascus, commissioned Jerome, J-E-R-O-M-E, all right? Jerome. He asked Jerome to produce a Latin version of the Bible from the original Hebrew and Greek Bible. Jerome completed the Latin Bible around 405. Some of you are thinking, man, that took a lot of years. Takes a lot of time, a lot of work, a lot of effort to translate accurately and properly from the Hebrew and the Greek. Well, the Pope had asked Jerome to translate the Bible into Latin because Jerome was the leading Bible scholar of his day. He was the best there was. And around that time, Latin, Latin was commonly used in the Roman Empire. Now, of course, nowadays, hardly anyone uses Latin. But, but in that generation, at that time, Latin was used very usually and normally in the Roman Empire. And Pope Damascus wanted ordinary Christians of the Roman Empire to be able to read the Word of God in the language they were familiar with. So that's why, that's why the Pope asked for the Bible to be translated into Latin. Now, the Latin translation was called the Vulgate, V-U-L-G-A-T-E, which means common. What was the Latin translation called? All right, you're so brilliant, especially when you can see it on the screen. <laughs> okay, all right, stick with me, and the best part is coming, the best part is coming. In the Latin Bible, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 17, the Greek word, the original Greek word which is translated caught up in English, is in the Latin, in the Latin it is raptus, R-A-P-T-U-S. It is raptus, and this is where we get the word rapture from, all right? Rapture is derived from the Latin raptus. Dr. Robert Thomas, writing in the Expositor's Bible Commentary on 1 Thessalonians 4.17, says, This term in Latin, raptus, is the source, is the source of the popular designation of this event as the rapture. Now, did you ever know that before? You ever know that before? No. All right, you learned something in church today. I'm going to test some of you later, so you better remember it. All right. All right. By the way, I came across a cartoon which gave me a chuckle and uh, will maybe put a smile on your face, although some of you it's so hard to put a smile on your face. I have to almost paint it on. Okay. Uh, let's show the cartoon. Let's show the cartoon. Okay. Do you, do you see it? You see it on there? All right. <clears throat> For the benefit, for the benefit of our radio listeners, the cartoon shows two monks 
in a printing shop in Westminster, London, England in 1476. And the caption reads, the caption reads, they get to read the first page for free, but if they don't subscribe, the rest appears in Latin. <laughs> if they don't subscribe, the rest appears in Latin. Uh, Raven of our congregation told me how that, that cartoon is a little, little bit like our internet, our internet where, where newspapers and magazines uh, will often give you the first two paragraphs of a very exciting story, and then, and then they say, to read further, you must subscribe. <laughs> You've seen that? You've seen that? Yeah, yeah. It's like, all right, all right. Uh, just for your interest, by the way, I studied, I studied. I studied Latin in high school for two years, and it was such a joy to learn from my teacher, whose name I still remember, Mrs. Weir, W-E-I-R, Mrs. Weir. All right, I guess since I remember her, her name, it wasn't that long ago, I suppose, eh? <laughs> okay, all right, so try to remember the background to how we got the word rapture, okay? Remember, it comes from the Latin raptus. So uh, talk about it at lunch today, so that'll help you remember it. Let me take you now <clears throat> to our, our second main truth. Let me take you to the second. Second main truth is this. The fact of Jesus' death and resurrection guarantees Christian believers will experience the joy of the rapture. This comes from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 and 14. And here's what it says. It says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died so you will not grieve like people who have no hope. For since we believe that, here it is, for since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. Amen? And a little bit later in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 10 and 11, it says this, it says, Christ died for us so that when we are dead, okay, whether, whether we are dead or alive, when he, Jesus, returns, we can live with him forever. So encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. Wow. What are we saying? What are those verses saying? They are saying the fact of Jesus' death and resurrection guarantees Christian believers will experience the joy of the rapture. It's, it's his guarantee. As a lot of you probably know, most appliance manufacturers in Canada give what? They give a one-year guarantee. Uh, most new home builders give a one-year guarantee. 
Most automobile manufacturers give us a three-year guarantee. And there are a few that maybe give you a four-year guarantee. But praise the Lord, praise God, Jesus gives us the guarantee of the rapture for eternity. Amen. Amen. That's what the Word of God is telling us. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, let's move on to our third main truth. And it is this. It is this. Number three. Christian believers who have died will be raptured first. Here it is. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 15 and 16. We tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with a trumpet call of God. First the believers who have died will rise from their graves. What's that saying? What did we just read? It's telling us Christian believers who have died will be raptured first. Dr. Robert Thomas says this. He says, together with the resurrected believers, they will ascend, be enshrouded in the clouds of the sky, and meet the Lord somewhere in the interspace between earth and heaven. You know, as I think, as I think of believers who have died being raptured, I can't help. I can't help but think of how our cemeteries will never be the same again. Cemeteries will never be the same again. Here in Toronto, I think of various cemeteries where your loved ones and mine have been buried. There are cemeteries like, like Duffin Meadows and, and Pine Ridge and Highland Memory Gardens and Pine Hills Cemetery and Mount Pleasant, Mount Pleasant, which is so expensive, by the way, and York Cemetery and St. John's Norway and St. Margaret's in the Pines uh, Rest Haven Memorial Gardens and Christ the King Catholic Cemetery up here in Markham. And there are many, many more. Well, after the rapture, our cemeteries will never be the same again. After the rapture, when non-believing, when non-believing cemetery staff will walk, will walk through the cemeteries, they will be stunned. They'll be stunned and they'll be saying, who dug up all these graves? Who dug up all these graves? And the caskets are here, but the bodies are gone. They're gone. Those unbelieving workers will be stunned, understandably so. Who stole these bodies? And the answer is, the answer is Jesus snatched and quickly carried off the bodies of believers in the rapture. So what, that's what will happen. Many of you, many of you who have loved ones who are buried in one of the cemeteries I mentioned or in some other location, you can be encouraged. Be encouraged because 
Christian believers who have died will be raptured by the power of the Lord, by the power of God Almighty. Amen. Amen. Let's go to our fourth great truth. And it is this. It is this. Christian believers who are still alive will be raptured next. Now basically, really, it's going to happen at the same time, but the Bible says that uh, we who are still alive will be raptured essentially next in, in 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 17 and 18. Here's, here's what it says. Then, together with them, that is, those who had already died and had been in the grave, then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. So encourage each other with these words. Verse 17 again. Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up, raptured, will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. The Bible verse which says we will meet the Lord in the air. Where do we go? Where do we go or where to after meeting the Lord in the air? Dr. Milligan correctly and beautifully says, he says, a meeting in the air is pointless unless the saints continue on to heaven and the Lord who has come out to meet them. Amen. With the Lord. With the Lord who has come out to meet them. And he says, tradition stemming from Jesus' parting instruction, instructions fixes the immediate destination following the meeting as the Father's, capital F, as the Father's house, that is, heaven. Heaven. Jesus says in the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verses 1 through 3, Jesus says, Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my Father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. So you will always be with me, said Jesus, where I am. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, beginning at verse 51 through 58, it tells us of how our mortal earthly bodies will be transformed, will be transformed into immortal, eternal bodies. Listen, listen to this exciting, marvelous news. 
Exciting news from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, beginning at verse 51. It says, but let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever. <clears throat> and we, and we who are living will also be transformed. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Then, when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, the scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? For sin is the sting that results in death, and the law gives sin its power. But thank God, thank God he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. So, my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Yes, always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless, is ever useless. Or some translations say, nothing you do for the Lord is ever in vain. Wow. 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 The commentator in my Life Application Study Bible, New Living Translation, says this. He says, Paul tells us that we all will be given new bodies when Christ returns. And that these bodies will be, listen now, listen that these bodies will be without disabilities, without disabilities, without disabilities, never to die or become sick. Wow, wow, what a day that will be. Now, <clears throat> some of you are thinking, some of you are thinking, how in the world how is the Lord going to transform our mortal bodies into immortal bodies? How is the Lord going to resurrect believers out of all the graves across the earth in the blink of an eye? I mean, it's hard to understand, right? How is the Lord going to resurrect believers out of all the graves across the whole earth <clears throat> in the blink of an eye? Well, listen carefully. Listen carefully. Yesterday, my wife Cindy and I spent from 10 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. in meetings on Zoom, on Zoom, Z-O-O-M, with church leaders and ministerial candidates from all across Canada, from Vancouver, British Columbia, on the West Coast, to Charlottetown, Prince Edward Island, on the East Coast. Throughout the meetings on Zoom, we were able to 
clearly talk with each other and see one another very clearly. One of the individuals from out west somewhere said to my wife, Cindy, you look so nice today. And she did. All right? Now listen, listen. If mere human men and women, think about it, if mere human men and women are able to develop the technology to see each other and talk with each other from all over the world, I believe, I believe God Almighty, God knows how to put back together decayed bodies buried in the graves in the cemeteries. Amen? I believe he knows how to. God knows how to put back together the bodies that were cremated, that were cremated and disintegrated. God knows how to transform our mortal bodies into immortal bodies. Yes. Amen. God knows how to rapture the living and the dead and take us to heaven. Yes, he knows how to. For he has made the whole world. He is the creator. Praise his holy name. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. Viewers online, praise the Lord wherever you're watching and listening from. Amen. Amen. Now here is something else. Here is something else to really think about. There are people, there are dear people who basically leave Jesus out of their lives, out of their lives, and they say things like, well, someday when I get older, or when it, when it looks like I'm going to die, someday I will ask the Lord to forgive me of my sins. Someday I will make my peace with God. Someday I will trust in Jesus as my Savior and Lord. Someday. Are you perhaps one of those people? Are you one of those people? Look at what 1 Corinthians 15, verse 32 says about how fast how fast the rapture will happen. It says, it says, it will happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye. Oh, it will happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye. What does that mean? means it's going to happen very quickly, suddenly. Do you think, do you think you will have time? Do you think you will have time to repent of your sins? 
and to confess Jesus as your Savior in the blink of an eye? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Don't, don't put off your decision to give your heart, to give your life to Jesus. Don't miss the rapture. Don't miss it. Don't be left behind. Don't be left behind. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow, not next week, not next month, not when you're older, not when you're married, not when you have kids, not when you're on your deathbed. No, today is the day of salvation. Amen. Amen. And so I ask you, I ask you, my dear friends, are you at peace with God? Have you repented of your sins? Are you trusting in Jesus as your Savior? I want to ask you to bow your head with me. Whether you're here in the sanctuary of Rosewood Church of the Nazarene in Toronto, Canada, or whether you're watching online in the city of Toronto, Ontario, across Canada, down in the States, in the Caribbean, over in England and Sri Lanka, other countries, wherever you're watching from, we've got to do serious business with God. We've got to be ready, ready for the rapture whenever that will happen. Got to be ready. This is part one of the message on the rapture. I'll be giving you part two in the near future. There's more, there's more exciting news on the rapture that I've got to share with you in the next message, in the next message. But above all right now, the question is, are are you ready to meet the Lord? If this prayer expresses the desire of your heart, I want to ask you to pray it. Pray it here in the sanctuary or pray it online where you're watching and listening from. Radio listeners, radio listeners, if you're driving, pull over, pull over and, and, and pray this prayer. Stop and go into a parking lot somewhere. You need to pray this prayer but only pray it if it sincerely expresses the desire of your heart. Dear God, thank you for loving me. Thank you for wanting to include me in the rapture someday. Dear Lord, I may not understand everything, but on this wonderful day, I repent of my sins. I repent of my sins, O oh Lord. I ask you to forgive me. And I'm grateful to know that I can be forgiven because Jesus died on the cross of Calvary to pay the price for my sins. I receive your forgiveness by faith. Yes, Lord. I receive your forgiveness by faith. Thank you. 
for forgiving me, a sinner saved by grace. And thank you, Lord, for helping me to be ready for the rapture whenever that might happen. I thank you for the good news that now as I repent of my sins and put my faith and trust in Jesus as Savior and Lord, I am ready, I am ready to meet you in heaven whenever my time comes. Thank you, Lord, for your love, your goodness, your grace. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to become a part of the family of God through faith and trust in Jesus Christ. In his name, in Christ's name, I pray. Amen. Amen.